This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Welcome to another episode of My Worst Date. I'm Cassie. I'm Keegan. I'm Christina. I actually have a, a a dog on my lap today because we've decided, or now we've decided, we've come to realize that apparently I can't record at my house without my dog being in here with me. Apparently, well, she your was dog has anxiety. Yeah, oh she's got real separation anxiety. <laughs> Very. Very bad separation anxiety. I feel like we should get a picture of this of of scaredy cat Rose. Oh, look at this! She's so I'm a nervous Nelly. Yeah, she's new too. That's the thing is that she hasn't. You know, you just got her a few months ago. Yeah, so she's still. I think when you get a dog from the shelter, it just yeah. takes some. You know, at least six months to adjust. Definitely. And she has truly adjusted a lot. I mean, you probably see it even yourself being here, like the difference between how she was the first time you met her, which was she would not let you near her. Right. At all. When she just came up now and licked your hand. So, I mean, like that's a huge stride. Yeah, it's nice to have a buddy. But yeah, we're we're recording a little bit differently because Keegan's out of town. So we just Sorry. see her on the computer screen far away. I know. It's so sad. Honestly, I miss you guys so much. And I'm here for so long. So we yeah. have a few weeks of this. So if it sounds a little bit different, that's why I'm recording separately in a different place. But my spirit and my heart is with both of you. Ah, yeah. <laughs> we've we've got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, first of all, can I just say we're on TikTok now? <laughs> oh my god, so fun! Uh, we are on TikTok now. My worst date podcast. It has been so much fun. It's just kind of silly, and I like mm-hmm. that we're just not taking ourselves too seriously on there. So if you want to, you know, come hang out with us on there, please, please do. We we have a good time. What I like so far is that because we've been separate, we've been doing our own TikToks. So you, it really does feel like our TikToks are our personalities. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. <laughs> so there's something on there for everybody. <laughs> really. So true. It's yeah, been fun. It's it been more fun been than fun. I expected it to be. It has been fun. And I want to take this opportunity as well because I've been telling or we all have been telling kind of like our highlights of bad date stories that we've told on um, the podcast before. I want to know what our long term OG listeners think Mm. are our best worst date stories. Please reach out and let us know because I feel like we have heard and talked Mm. about so many bad dates at this point that I can't even remember some of the absolute bangers oh. we have told. <laughs> you know, yeah. you'd, you'd think you would never forget some of these, but like it's when you hear them so often. You told you the one. You told the one that lives one hundred percent rent free in my brain. I think about it all the time. Yeah, it's where the are they now? Yeah. I just all the time think about that story. 
Yeah. yeah. So if you want to, if you want to, you need to refresh her on that, you can go find it on our TikTok because uh, that one really seemed to resonate with people. <laughs> <laughs> shit's wild. Yeah, <laughs> it is wild. I told one of our listener stories, which is the, um, the karate story. Oh, that story. Again. So good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've got a, a few other ideas. I'm kind of the one that is just doing whatever wacky idea comes into my brain like in the middle of the night. Um, I'm also having a lot of fun with stickers. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, good times. It's, it's monotonous <laughs> and tedious, but yeah, whenever you can do like a flying taco in, oh. a, in a TikTok, I'm <laughs> happy about that. So <laughs> oh, yes, come join us. But no, the other <sighs> thing that I wanted to touch base on is the absolute wildness that is the ultimatum. Oh, yeah. Speaking of watching things, I I actually just finished and watched the reunion of wow. the Ultimatum. Yes, last night. Okay. I have not Wolf. watched any of this. So I need you to tell me what is this show even okay. about? All right. So they bring on like a certain number of couples and it's fucking weird, right? So the thing is, it's like, and you get like the story from um, the hosts. Yeah, um, it's the Lachey. Lachey. It, we're, yes. it have another Lachey joint going on. That's right. So you know yeah, it's going to be. Get that money, boo. Get that money, hey, boo. I feel like Nick Lachey has just bag. been at it. Like any Listen. little thing. Both of the Lacheys. Mm-hmm. Secure uh-huh. the bag. Get uh-huh. it. Definitely. I'm not mad at them. Do no? it, girl. Um, Vanessa and Nick are, like share their story of the ultimatum, which is like, you know, they were dating and they were dating through a really hard time, right? Because Nick was getting divorced from Jessica. That was a very public thing. They knew they wanted to be together. But then at the same time, it kind of was like awkward timing. And they there was an ultimatum laid out. And eventually they did end up back together, and which was perfect for them. And it ended up being a really good thing for them to kind of take that moment of separation and just be like, we're either going to do this thing or we're not going to do this thing. And the, so the idea was that the ultimatum was kind of like a breakup, right? Where they would separate for a period of time and then come back, reunite and see if it was meant to be or not reunite, right? So I know, listen, Keegan is giving serious face, face with that Mir- Miller Lightner hand. <laughs> First of all, how dare you call me out like that? <laughs> this podcast that was between us. Okay? So I am at um, our editor Thomas's house, and just like since he's going to be editing this episode, just spoiler alert: I took one of your Miller Lights out of the fridge, and I am drinking it right now as we record. But yes, this okay, is amazing. this sounds so sus. Like I'm yeah. like yes. I don't know about. First, first of all, you have beautiful people in their early 20s mm-hmm. like 23 why are they always five yeah in their early 20s why are they so, always like 21 years old like and you're they're the like idea. we're gonna get married or else issuing talking about like make that we've been dating for a year put a ring on it or else i'm sorry what do you think's gonna happen and then they come here and they get to either they choose another person to live with for three weeks from another one of the couples. It's so fucking weird. And like you're going <laughs> to. What? And that's the test to see if you can live with some random person that you didn't even choose. Really? That, is, like, that is what we've gone too far. Like in terms of reality TV, we have gone too far. We've done too much enough like it's that is mess. so that doesn't even make sense as a concept like i don't get it well yeah right off the bat like two 
two uh, guys propose to the girls because God forbid, like they they need to own that woman. She can't live on her own with another guy Jesus. for three weeks. So right off the bat, it works for two couples. Apparently, yeah, they immediately they immediately propose. Okay, but the they're gonna either not get married or they're gonna get married and then they're gonna get divorced super yeah. quickly because that is yeah. not the way that you want to start a marriage. Like the one, that, the one likes. couple I think was ready. I do. Yeah. But the other couple, that guy was like, you can't, I can't be putting her with anybody else because I'm definitely going to lose her to somebody better than me. And that's a terrible fucking reason to get married. (laughs) And also like the idea that uh, it's just promotes this scarcity mindset in dating and the fact that like the only reason to date is to get married. And it's like, I think of all the relationships I've had in my life that weren't about marriage or kids, but were just about that moment or whatever. If it lasted two months, it's not a waste of time because it didn't end in marriage. Like I got something out of it. Very important. So I just think that the, um, the things that it's promoting or the message of it is Mm -hmm. deeply flawed. And the fact again, that these motherfuckers are like beautiful and 23. I'm like, what you doing? Like, what's going on here? I mean, well, at this point in my life, I feel like when I was in my early 20s um, and my friends were starting to get married, I was like, yeah, okay. Like, we're in our 20s now. That's like what you do in your 20s. Now at 32, when I hear yeah. of someone who is getting married and they're 23, I'm like, oh, baby, you know? Honey, like, angel, like, oh, don't do it. Little baby, you know? Yeah. I just... And I understand there are some people who are totally ready to get married at that age. It's right for them. It's it's going to work out well for them. But in general, I think that all of these reality TV shows promote this idea that that's, that's the expectation, is that you mm-hmm. should be married or engaged by the time you're 25. Yeah. And at that point, you're starting to like age out. Like I it's remember so watching The Bachelor and there was someone on The Bachelor who was 30 and the number of like ageist jokes about her being like the old lady in the oh house. Was, it, it's just wow. wild to me. Like just absolutely yeah. like you're 23 you and hot. You can go out and date anyone. You don't need to be on a you TV need show. The show. Right. Like, you don't need the show. That's the thing too. It's like the, the, the one couple, like it just, I do think there was something about the show that was good for these people to get out of their bubble of like, oh, this is how you should be treated. And I think they got to see an experience, maybe like a fresh new relationship and that maybe they weren't always being treated the way they should be yeah. within a yeah. relationship. Yeah, so the ones that, see that kind of fell apart was like, yeah, you probably were ready to get out of that relationship anyway, which is probably why you did did the ultimatum but then when you saw that like people could actually treat you good yeah it was like done honey it's done for you the other show that i watched mm-hmm. i just have to i have to tell you guys this i watched one episode which was married at first sight unmatchable oh oh explain because i've seen married at first sight please explain okay. what this is these are the people who to. the matchmakers couldn't match up with anyone that's right they were oh. like honey we can't marry you at first sight to anybody because you're not ready to date at first sight. Then why are you on a show? Like what? Honey, I, the one. Listen, 
<laughs> the one girl. Unmatchable? Unmatchable? Why are they unmatchable? Okay, so the first one was a girl who lived with her roommate. They had been roommates for 11 years. She hadn't been intimate with a man since like high school, pretty much, like for a really, really long time, which is fine. Like, listen, save yourself, do your thing, whatever feels right for you. I mean, you don't have to do anything you're not comfortable with. She wasn't. She's not even kissed a man for 11 years. Um, she didn't know how to kiss. They gave her a goddamn, what's the thing? The, the flashlight? A flashlight <gasps> because it has a mouth on it for her to practice kissing. Stop did she it. take that to a blind date? Yes, she no. did. Yeah. No, she, did. she didn't. Spoiler oh. alert. She takes it to the first date with the other guy who's undateable, who are unmatchable, because he is got like, he is like, ooh, what are you wearing? Like, he like smells like he's very scent motivated. It's very no, no. bizarre. But he's also like, oh, Murder. you have to be perfect. I'm looking for a dime who's top of the line. Is he a dime? No. Of okay. course not. No, okay. no, they never of are. Of course not. No, and they never wow. are. And it's just. That sounds Listen, bonkers. To me, and again, like you do you, whatever, like whatever works for any person works for them. I'm not here to judge, although I am judging a little bit from over here. Um, but like, yeah, if you haven't kissed somebody in over a decade, you want to be automatically, you want your first kiss in over a decade to be with a stranger as you're reciting your wedding vows. That's what I you don't want. Think you that's went the on. Case. I don't think the, she wants, she, went, she does kiss a guy on the show. So, right. But she had gone on on the show initially, right? And was rejected as unmatchable. So yes. she wanted to be on Married at First Sight. Oh, that's okay. So okay. it's like you haven't okay. kissed someone in over a decade and you want your first time, you're like, I'm going to go on this show, get matched and have my first kiss be there our marriage kiss in front of everyone. Mm. And I don't know this person. Like, I don't know. That just. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a lot. The roommate thing kind of triggers me too. In the fact, do you remember that guy that I was dating that was living with his girl roommate? And uh-huh. I was like, "Are you guys actually dating though?" Oh my! But this is two female roommates. Oh, okay, okay. Where yeah. I was like, I feel like well, I'm that, getting that, that. you know when you see like a stranger's likes on your pictures and stuff, I'm like, uh, "Are you actually dating your roommate though?" Well, <laughs> because uh, it kind of seems like it, but. Yeah, yeah, that no. situation was sus. I remember yeah. that situation, that too. guy that you were seeing, because like they were really close. Like I believe, you know, we've had this conversation many, many times, like whether or not men and women can be friends. And I think that they can be. But like that situation was very weird. They were like living together and it was a very close. Yeah. Because you have roommates where it's like you're like ships in the night and you barely speak and you spend most of your time in your bedroom. And then you have roommates where like, you're hanging out all the time and you're yeah, like watching you're going on vacations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I have to also bring up the other show because I literally just spent yesterday trying to find something to watch because I was like, so this one is the Christina and you one. It's the Sense and Sensibility show. Oh, she- <gasps> you watch that? Oh, I need a Girl, review on this immediately. First of all, I- what's it called? I can't even remember the, the challenge or the something or other. I don't remember. It started with a C. It's on. I literally watched it for five minutes and turned that but bitch off. But this is not so your shit, though, stupid. Cassie. This is not your shit. Like, I feel like it might be different okay. if me and, and Christina try to watch to it because we love this shit. 
do I think this could be a really good show? Yes. There's only one woman, though, and a bunch of guys. I felt like it needed to be kind of like a mix. Mix, right? Like you needed more girls and guys so that they could all intermingle. Like to me, that would have been a better way to do the show. So it's like a bachelorette in Regency costume. That's exactly exactly what it is. Yeah, I was going to say it's Regency bachelorette. It is Regency Um. bachelorette. You nailed it. Yeah, it's it's just I couldn't. I was like, maybe that's because I had it so stuck in my head that that's how it was going to be. Is that there was going to be a grouping of women and men, and they were going to find their match within the setting, which I thought would be very romantic and very cool, and I was super into it. I um, it was not, and I was like, maybe that's why. But I just was like, yeah, this isn't what I. Not into it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I'll have to check it out. I have to to give it a. Yeah, give it a look because that that is kind of my bread and butter. But <laughs> I I agree with you. I think it would be cool if it was like a mix of of people you could see. And yeah, I'd be interested to see what the challenges and stuff are. Yeah, yeah. I think we also need to talk about the fact that is going to be four twenty. Yeah, when this episode releases for all of our our stoner listeners. <laughs> yeah, happy 420 to you. Yes. Hope you're having a wonderful day. You know, I I myself do not celebrate, um but I appreciate those who do. <laughs> Just cuz um I think we've talked about this before, but like I cannot smoke weed because my anxiety skyrockets. And then I also <laughs> my ex-boyfriend was such a stoner. Like Mm. such a stoner to the point of like never getting anything done ever. It was just like a, I'm going to smoke weed and play video games 24 seven, you know? And so I'm like, but at the same time, I know that weed helps a lot of people like manage their anxiety and they just enjoy it. So more power to you. Yeah. I actually have a set up camp in the uh cannabis camp and I'm I'm actually I'm loving it. Good for it's you. Taking me a long time. I still can't really smoke it. Um but uh these little like tinctures that I have that have a little bit of CBD or THC mm-hmm. in them I've are had doing those. a lot to manage my anxiety. So I'm I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. And I think we should FMK <clears throat> movie stoners in honor of the holiday. <laughs> well, I just found a Rolling Stone article that has the top stoners of all time. So just in case you're looking oh, for somebody. Okay. Yeah, give us some options. Got some goodies say? in here. We got Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Richmond High. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, you got Slater from Days and Confused, which I was absolutely in love with. <laughs> yeah. Who plays oh. him in that movie? What's that? Who is that oh, in that movie? Who plays, who plays him? him? Oh, I'll have to look that up. Who? Yeah, because it's been so long since I've seen that movie. But you can keep going. Sorry. I don't want to interrupt you. Oh, okay. Rory Cochran. All right. Okay. I don't know him, but I, I know who it is now that I see him. Okay, great. You got Floyd from True Romance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brad Pitt, right? Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, yeah, Brad Pitt's character in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smokey from Friday. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Melanie Ralston from Jackie Brown. The Dude from The Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. You got 
Thoroughgood, Brian, and Scarface from Half Baked. <laughs> I mean, there's some there's some decent characters in here. Oh yeah, Half Baked. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. my gosh, yeah, I love that movie. What's his face? Always, I always feel bad for the, that guy because his face he looks stoned. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Do you know yeah, who I'm talking about? What's that yeah, actor's yes, name? I know. He's a comedian. I know exactly who you're talking about. And he does. He looks stoned all the time it's just his face uh i don't think he can really help it right um, but he's made a career out of it so good for him you know oh jim um, brewer jim brewer you know what i'm gonna pick him oh I- dude you can't he's such a QAnon dude yeah oh, he, he is, is. Yeah. like irl stop IRL. Mm-hmm. are you yeah. kidding me no yes ma'am oh my god the major QAnon dude now but okay but if if you're talking about like real people or even characters i mean you've got Fucking Seth Rogen has played yes. a stoner in like so many things. Kumar, Tommy Chong, of course. Tommy Chong, of course. Kumar, yeah. the OG. I'm. Oh my God, Harold and Kumar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so many to choose There's from. So many. Um. Okay. Oh gosh, you know, I thought I was gonna go with the dude from Big Lebowski, but now that you've said Kumar from Harold and Kumar. I I feel like I gotta go with that. I love Calvin. Strong choice. Yeah, I just love him, and I think he's like so hot too. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's got to be Seth Rogen. We've got to put him in. So that's two. Well, then I'm gonna do my high school love. Then Ron Slater from uh, Days Confused. Yeah, yeah. He was also he was also in Empire Records. He was great in that too. I mean, I the biggest crush. He's cute. The biggest Um, crush. Okay, but if we're doing Seth Rogen, are we doing like Seth Rogen in Superbad Stoner? Let's do him in Pineapple Express. Or okay. Pineapple Express. I said okay. Superbad. I totally meant Knocked Up. He's not in Superbad. Oh. Um, okay, so we're doing Pineapple Express, Seth Rogen, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, Kumar, and Slater from Days and Confused. Yeah. Ooh, we. Damn. That's tough. I, I know, don't really I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do. And too, if we're doing it on characters from this movie, mm-hmm. yeah. I am going to marry Slater from Dazed and Confused. Okay. Because okay. he's the most easygoing out of the three. For sure. Um, <laughs> he's probably got no brain Seth cells left. a little bit like high, high yeah. anxiety. And I mm-hmm. feel like us together, it might be just a little too tense. Mm-hmm. And also Cal Penn in his movie is just a little like aggressively uh like anti-establishment that it makes me nervous at times he's yeah. chaotic uh-huh. versus Slater's got that easygoing energy <laughs> that I feel like I have enough chaos and anxiety on my own I feel like it's a good match so I'm mm-hmm. going to marry Slater okay I'm okay. going to fuck Cal Penn of course you that, are. that chaos is fun. In yeah. He's in hot. Bed. Like I, yes. for me, I think Cal Penn is hot. Like, so I'm like, I, yeah, I'm for it. That sounds great. Yeah. I, I think that I am going to go in a slightly different direction. I, that too laid back energy mm-hmm. straight. I, first of all, I'm surprised because you know, this motherfucker never had a job and never will. Yeah. Like, right. This is, uh, to me, I'm surprised. Well, he does have a job when he's in Empire Records. So oh, maybe well, he works in the record store. Now. There you go. Hey, <laughs> I just I don't see any gumption out of this kid, and right. I'm like, I can't ever 
see him other than this like stoner kid that I went mm-hmm. to high school with. Yeah, you know what I mean? no, no drive totally is gonna cute, though. like he's so cute. But yeah, I'm with Can't you on that. Him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. I, my toxic trait is thinking he'll grow out of it. You can fix him. <laughs> you can fix him. Yeah, so true. That's my toxic trait. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I I have to dismiss him. I'm going to marry Seth Rogen. Um, I do think he's also a high strung, but there's something about that character. Like he's just, I don't know. Like he's more of an uppers dude. Like he's like fun. Right? He's yeah, fun. He's, really fun. Mm-hmm. he's up. I don't know. He doesn't have that lazy stoner thing. Like yeah. he gets out of the house. Yeah. Um, and then Cal Penn or uh, Kumar. Uh-huh. I yeah, I'm gonna fuck Kumar. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Good he's choice. Good looking and yeah. Be fun. Uh, okay. Okay. So same as you, Cassie. There is something about that character. I would have loved to hang out with Slater in high school. Like, I think that that would have been really fun for me. Maybe would have hooked up with him in high school. Yeah. But as far as like marrying him, I don't think I could because he might get his shit together. But I have a feeling it's going to take him a whole lot longer to get his shit together than I'm want to wait for like he actually <laughs> reminds me somewhat of of my ex and i'm like he might get it together he might not but you're gonna spend at least the first like three years of your relationship trying to push him to get his yeah. shit together and yeah. i'm like I, I cannot i can't do it so yeah you're um, not gonna be able to he's not gonna be dateable until like late 30s yes mm. exactly yeah. when he finally starts to like pull himself up and then he's switching to like edibles yeah. instead of like yes. um smoking <laughs> weed from a and bong all day and he starts you know, a construction I'm, business in which that he flips houses this yeah, is because you know that Sla- man, Slater did this i'm not you know that man um in his younger days he his house is definitely the house that smells like bong water right like he has spilled bong water on his carpet yes and half-heartedly cleaned it up with like a dish towel okay like that's the vibe you're getting and the bath Um, the bathroom has that toilet paper roll that just has like one shred (laughs) of tp on it there's toilet paper it's just sitting on the sink and it's wet on the bottom because the sink got wet and nobody wiped it Exactly, dude. Exactly. Oh my like, god! You shower over there, but you low key like don't want to. You know. Oh, right. So I'm like, I can't marry. I can't marry him. Um, He's had the same shower liner since he moved in. <laughs> it's like it's yellow. You can see the mold at the bottom. Oh, god. god damn! His mom yeah. bought it. Yeah, when he, he moved definitely in. like shaved in the sink and then mm. kind of half heartedly no. brushed the hairs away. So there's still like mm. <laughs> hairs mm-hmm. in the sink. Sh- shaving yeah. cream debris and, mm. and toothpaste crust. Toothpaste on the, literal on the like yes. toothpaste <laughs> droplets. <laughs> Oh, and this no. man is staying like this until he's like 25 at least, you know? The, the mirror no. has that like film of smoke. Oh, smoke I love on it. how specific this, this has gotten. Because we know this yes. guy. We have we all slept with this man. Yeah. Like, listen, we've yeah. all been there. Okay. Um, but, you know, totally would have hung out with him in high school. Like, he seems oh, yeah. like he's, he's cute and he's kind of funny and he is super laid back, which is fun until it's time to clean the bathroom. So I am going to marry Kumar mm. because to me, Kumar is chaotic, right? Mm-hmm. He's right. got to fuck the establishment edge. Um, I feel like I can help temper that a little bit, first of all. Or direct Secondly, it. I can direct that energy, right? Like, or I, I can try. I can fix him. Um, oh, and man. then <laughs> T- 
too, I do feel like he is the type who will grow out of it more quickly and or, you know, become one of those stoners who like knows when it's appropriate to not yeah. be smoking 24-7, right? Yeah. Like, or he like starts this amazing multi-million dollar cannabis company. Or that, you know? yeah. Like he's, he's found that med energy. Men, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah, Yeah, he was ahead of the legalization curve. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. you're going to be living with some of that sweet pot money. Yeah, I feel like we, I just, I trust him, right, to get it together (laughs) for me. Um, And then I'm going to fuck Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen um, in Pineapple Express, he does seem like the kind of guy who you could just totally be chilling with. Like, you're just kind of hanging out with having pizza, watching movies, and then it's just like halfway through the night, you're like, do you want to make out? And then yeah. you end up with them in bed the next morning. Um, yeah. And and you're not even like mad about it. And nobody's weird about it. No. You just like mm-hmm. get up, have your coffee, you know, and say like, hey, I'll see you later. And he laughs and with that laugh. That. <laughs> Seth Rogen has this vibe to him. Do you ever get that vibe from some guys are more interested in your pleasure? Yes. Mm-hmm. And Seth Rogen has that vibe yes. where he's yes. like, he seems like he'd be more into you having a good time. Mm-hmm. And yes. Yeah. I'm I'm here for yeah. that. Me yeah. too. I think it would be nice. I think we nailed it, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Crushed We're having 420. <laughs> Speaking of, it good smells job. like pot in my house right now. I don't know why. <laughs> oh. um, well, we also have a handful of new patrons. So exciting. Yeah, we do. So, I want to give a big thank you to Anna DeHaunt. We have two Heathers, Heather yeah. McCallum and Heather Newman. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Shalina Taylor and Melissa Lynn. Welcome, welcome, Yay. welcome to our patron family. We are so, so excited to have you. Look out for um, our next Tainted Love movie episode will be coming out soon on Witches of Eastwick, Oof. which was what wild. a wild ride so that'll be coming uh in in june and if you have any fmk suggestions or tainted love suggestions or would you rathers we always love to hear them so thanks so much yeah, yeah. well you guys want to take five and then we'll come back with stories sounds good. yes cool and we're back okay Cass, you've got the tainted love this week so you kick us off with stories I do. And we were talking so much during the break that I completely forgot to pull up my story. So here we go. <laughs> it's it's going to take me one second to just come back and find it real quick. Um, by the way, you guys, we have gotten so many stories sent to us. Yep. And we're so it's, grateful. Thank it's you been so much. awesome. Keep them coming. We We love it. Okay, so this is one of the submissions that I got. I'm going to keep it anonymous because they did not say whether we should we could share. So here we go. <clears throat> I moved from the U.S. to another country. First of all, this is, I have to start off by saying this is a bit of a, a, a nightmare scenario. Keegan, oh. you're going to hate oh. this. Oh, like, great. Semi-trigger <laughs> semi warning for like a little stalker. It's always, it's always me. I feel like it's always so, like um, Keegan's going to hate this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not going to be your favorite. I moved from the U.S. to another country for high school because my family had to take care of my grandparents. The summer before my senior year, I was out with my friends and two guys that I knew that had had a crush on me had approached me. We were 
just talking and they told me about a guy at their school that said he was in love with me and even made a song about me and they began to sing it. No, I did not believe them because I did not know who that was and the story felt too outlandish to believe. I've never been one to believe gossip. So I did a stupid thing. I guess I was young. I messaged the guy in question on Facebook and asked, do you know me? And he said, no. So to be honest, I, said, I would have done that. I totally would have done that. Like that's something that a young me would have done because there's there. I'm so curious. The three of us have talked about this before where it's just like, I don't want anything to do with that, but I would like more information. So absolutely. <laughs> that's why I accepted that LinkedIn uh-huh. invite yes, the other exactly. day that I shared with you guys. I'm like, I don't like it, but also what, but what do you, do you want? want? I like, want, I need to know. And so this is the same, <laughs> I need the same thing where I'm just like, ah, deep down, I know this is a bad decision, but also I need to know. <laughs> I need to know if you wrote a fucking song yeah, about and it. how and why. And I don't know. And you. like, yeah, how do you know? Like, yes, I need to know. Uh, yeah. Need to know more. Um, Okay, so do you know me? He still denied it, but he was cool, so he denied that he knew her. He had good taste in music and was easy to talk to, so we began talking. I met him like twice, but for the most part, our relationship was online only. He liked me, and at one point, I thought I liked him too, but really, it just kind of was more fleeting. I just think that it was because we talked often, and it was more like, I like you because you're giving me a lot of attention type of situation. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was a little strange at times. And dark, but I brushed it off. After high school, I moved back to the U.S. for college. We talked a few times a week, but never really uh, flirted or even ventured beyond the friend zone. At one point, we had not spoken in about three months. I texted him and he said, hey, are you okay? I got a weird reply back saying I have a girlfriend. So I just replied and said, okay. Then and there I was like, oh, this is just one of those girls who's probably going to be jealous if that he has girlfriends. So he said that he hated her so much because she was evil. He had clearly been depressed and posted a lot of like demonic looking creatures on his social media. What? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. <laughs> like took a turn. So he's got this new girlfriend. And so apparently he's like not happy. So he's, this is why she reached out to him in the first place. Cause she's like, Hey, are you, you okay? And like, what's going on? He's like, I have a new girlfriend. She's awful. What? What? Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a very, okay, bro. Like it's a very Jack Nicholas vibe. Jack Nicholson. Nicholson yeah. Vibe. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Honestly. So one day out of the blue in my junior year of college, I get a text saying, you look and remind me of her. I responded, who? Like out of the fucking blue, this guy is like, not been talking to her has a new girlfriend junior year of college so this is years later this story began with her senior year of high school yes sounds started with her in high school they were still talking when she moved back to the states he was acting weird she asked why it's because he has a new girlfriend so apparently they weren't going to be able to talk anymore but now out of the fucking blue he sends her a message and is like oh hey you remind me of my ex-girlfriend That's, and the ex-girlfriend you didn't like like why are you writing right. me out of the blue to inform me to insult me you're insulting me thank you out of the blue i wasn't even thinking about you stay over there what is your name again who what's are wrong with you like, out of the blue and so she's like i responded who and he says my ex 
Since then, I noticed a change in our interactions. He was getting to be obsessive and some of his texts raised major red flags and made me feel like maybe I didn't really know who I had been talking to all this time. It made me wonder if he began to think I was his ex, if he talked to his ex because he thought she looked like me. The following day, he was at a hotel with his family and he mentioned that he wished I could have been there with him. And if I visit, they could go to a hotel. I could come with them because he would just tell his father that I'm his girlfriend. I replied with, why would you lie? <laughs> you could just tell him we're friends. He changed the subject. I'm One sorry. Day, I'm this like, is, is too this- much. I'm done. I'm done. I'm checked out. I don't think that she likes him enough to be doing all of this. Like, I'm just like, honey, just... Why are you still writing him? Just, just I, I, this guy's, and this is me now at at my age now yes. saying this. Like I'm sure that I would have like benefit of the doubted my way into this mm. situation at that age. But like me now, I'm like, girl, I'm tired. Like this yes. guy seems like work. He seems like a lot of work. I'm tired reading yeah. this. And honestly, you're so right. But this is junior exactly. Year of so college. you're 20, yeah. baby, yeah, baby, baby, you. exactly. Where you're like. Yeah, I need a TLDR, like, because I'm just, yeah. like, already at this point, like, patience-wise, like, out of out of it. Yeah. yeah. Because it's true. Like, you're right. What you will put up with at 30-something, 40-something mm-hmm. is just Different. not the same. Mm-hmm. And the, you're right. The gymnastics that you do, the mental gymnastics to put up with somebody who you're like, well, yeah, I, of the I definitely of the I'm not at all judging her because like I would have done the same thing. I'm just saying now at this age, I'm like, dude, you take up even 15 minutes of my valuable time with your nonsense and you're getting a block at this point. We cannot. Oh, yeah. like, amen. <laughs> we can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she does continue it and it really doesn't go any better. And and I think that this is the other thing that college level aged women get trapped in a lot, which is therapist in which we're like oh yeah we can help him mm-hmm. we can benefit oh, them yeah. they need yeah. a friend and that's kind of where this tends to go and it doesn't get better and he says that eventually he doesn't have any energy or in motivation to do anything since his girlfriend left him and this is a year after they broke up and he had dropped out of college and that set off red sirens in my head because he had been messaging me for almost every day since they broke up like walking to class right now school is annoying just left class okay for like a year straight so he's fucking uh-uh. lying about even being schooled like red flags Red flags all over the place. She said red siren and I'm... Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of times when I look back at my 20s, I wish I hadn't wasted my time Mm. with subpar men. Yep. Because Mm -hmm. you just have to know that like the world is your oyster and there are nothing but options ahead of you. So why waste time with somebody so... Mm Subpar. Well, to learn yeah. to learn those lessons. That's why. I mean, you said it earlier. It's like we've learned lessons from the things we've done in the past. So, you know, now you can say that you had that experience. You've learned your lesson from that experience and hopefully like don't repeat that in the future. But yeah, I mean, like all three of us definitely made yes. very questionable dating choices. Absolutely. Um, put up with way more shit than we should have. And that's why we can now say now like... Yes. Uh-uh, first sign of bullshit. We're walking the other way because it's just like Absolutely. there's a million there's a million people out there 
oh my god like my i just met someone who was telling me about their sister and like this man like treats her like shit he's a polyamorous pagan viking okay (laughs) i i actually know a surprising number of people that would identify that way and i don't know why they go together like that why? but something about polyamory and renfair or viking uh-huh. type situations yeah. who unironically wears hold their venn diagram oh it's, no and, is, and treats you like shit and vampire and vampire is also like in the venn diagram we cannot yeah it's fucked up because it's like people, the amount of people that are using polyamory to just mm. treat other people like shit is, is infuriating <laughs> yeah. to people that do actually work really hard yes. to practice it ethically. Yes, I'm, yeah. I, I do want to clarify that. I have nothing against yes. polyamory, like at all. It's no. just that this particular subgenre of man who, <laughs> who is using polyamory as just being like, I just want to fuck around to on cheat. you yeah <laughs> yes. like i i don't want to be like respectful or ethical in yes. any way yep i just want yep. you to stay home and take care of my child so that i can Oof. go out and hang out with my other girlfriend other women bye-bye yeah. you know like oh. wow mm-mm. and i want to <laughs> shake that person and i want to be like there are eight billion people on this planet we are overpopulated you can find someone better stop it yes, yes. and you're wasting your 20s. This might be your peak body. <laughs> this is this fun might time. Be your peak body. Should be fun it time. is. You you look good, girl. <laughs> Don't do it. Anyway, one night at around midnight, I was trying to get to sleep and he was calling. I did not answer, but texted him and said I had a really bad day and I could text, but I'm not up to talk. He texted, No, you were going to answer me. I did not answer, and he kept calling nonstop. The audacity. I had 20 missed calls, and he texted me expletives and, quote, I have an axe with your <gasps> name on it behind my mother's house. Oh, my God. Nine, one, fucking one. Nine, fucking one. Nine, one, fucking one. He then texted me that he had a notebook where he wrote over 80 ways of killing me. <gasps> Wow. Sir. I responded, I'm not comfortable with people who say things like this. That is I, that's the nicest way she could have said that. Right. She is giving him all the benefit of the doubt. But eventually she does block him. Uh she's basically like the the police there's like doubted the police could do much about it, which she's probably right. He's in another country. There's not gonna be anything that they're gonna do. They're gonna be like, Well, he hasn't done anything. Um I would just go on to ignore the uh, messages and block his accounts. He then messaged me from the last time on a Facebook cursing and saying that if I, I say anything to anyone, he knows about things. He He's shared with me that it won't be pretty and that he has my address. Thankfully, I had already signed a new lease and had moved out of my old apartment. But I put all of my accounts on private and have not been comfortable about posting since then. Literally three years Three years. Yep. That's that's awful. That's awful. And it, that's the thing is that is it an empty threat? Probably. But you don't know. You don't know. You don't fucking know. You don't know. know. And you don't know, you know if this is the type of person who will take out that aggression on someone close to them. Because anyone who... Right. and And who knows? Maybe they won't. But like anyone who feels comfortable enough expressing those kinds of thoughts to a person... 
they've got some real questionable shit going on. You know what I mean? And it makes me wonder if they're if they might escalate in some way. You know, like that's very yeah. scary. Oof. Ugh. Well, I've got another listener story. So amazing. She says she just started listening and binging hard. So <laughs> welcome. welcome. Um, here is one of my worst date stories. As a serial dater in my 20s, I have many. I'm sure I'm also someone's worst date story. Haha. Yeah, same girl. <laughs> We've all been there. So she says, years ago, I had gone out drinking after my shift ended at the bar I was working at. Things got blurry, and in the morning, I noticed I had some guy's business card in my pocket. Been there. Uh, he was a beer rep. I crept him on Facebook because I had his full name, and he was a complete stud. So I texted him, and we end up planning a date. I okay. love it so far. Uh, the date rolls around, and I was to meet him at his place. Oof, scary. Uh, Don't when do I it. got there, just I, I know, I just feel like we have to reiterate, like, Never your place or their place on a first date. Just because you don't know. You just don't know them. Yeah. Never. Uh, Yes. Yeah. It, you're just getting lucky when nothing really bad happens. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so um, when I got there, he was half naked. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So he tells me to come in and that he needs to shower. Weird because he was supposed to be ready. I mean, come on, come dude. on. It's I'm so, <laughs> I'm so transparent. It's so transparent it's, what you're trying ugh. to do. You want to get naked it's while disgusting. I'm here. And just the amount of just like obscene confidence that it takes to try and pull something <laughs> like that. That's ridiculous. Right. Oh, my God. OK, so he comes back after disappearing for a few seconds and asks if I want to join you him. Go fuck yourself. Of course you did. <laughs> I wanted to think he was joking, but I don't. He wasn't. Spoiler no, alert. He was not. Dear reader, he was not. <laughs> uh, not wanting to be rude and not sure why I even continued to stay. Politely said no thanks. Fast forward to the bar. He's completely rude the whole time. Talks nonstop about his ex-girlfriend and how he plays hockey. Okay. <laughs> because I worked at the bar, we got... 30 free drink tickets no. as what? it was promo night. Why do you need 30 free drink tickets? Like you do not God need damn. 15 <laughs> drinks a piece. Like coming from someone no. who drinks frequently and can drink a lot. That's too much. That, that's I'm a lot. That's too many drinks. Why? That's too much. <laughs> oh no. This man still complained. At the end of the night that he had to leave a tip and refused to. <gasps> no. Fuck this that guy. honestly is the most egregious behavior I have ever heard. And yes, I have worked in the service industry, so I am completely biased. But I think that that is such an indicator of oh. someone's values and who they are. The fact that he got fucking a million free drinks and wouldn't at least slap a 20 or Honestly, even a fuck five you. or whatever. But still, I'm just like, you're not going to fucking take care of the people. That, oh, I'm just fuck you. Honestly. 
So I went up to the waitress, gave her a big tip, thanked her and sat back down. Why was I still here on this date? I'll never know. I made questionable life choices at this point in Yet, my life. Listen, we just I mean, talked about I, it. We get it. We do. <laughs> I literally am going to name this episode My Toxic Trait yes. because it really does feel <laughs> yes, like honey. we're going through. I'm like, yeah, my, I get it. I'm and right I there. totally would have probably done that like you just you're like well i'm here might as well like see the rest of the night out yep see where it takes us then he asked me (laughs) i'm gonna try to say this with a straight face oh no so want to go have a pantso party back at my place what's that mean i'm sorry If, if you don't know that means pants optional Pants. Okay. No. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) No. No. No, sir. I do not. You. That is so. Like, what are you talking about? Like the amount of time. Like, okay, twice now he's tried to like trick her into getting naked. Like, just if you're gonna, if you're gonna hook up, you're gonna hook up. Like, you don't need to make it a game. This is so weird. Exactly. (laughs) So juvenile. It's just gross. Shocked, I excused myself and ran to the bathroom. I called my friend and asked her what to do. I decided to call a cab and I left. I'm like, I have to imagine your friend was like, girl, WTF. Get get the the fuck fuck out out of there. there. (laughs) I think it was GTFO, not the BTF. (laughs) This man didn't even notice I left. And two hours later, I get a text saying... Where'd you go? What's wrong with him? <laughs> like, how? How oh, would you not notice dude. that someone is gone? Oh, I, God. I, I didn't reply to his other messages. And in the morning, I get a text saying, the least you could do is drive me to my minivan since I took <gasps> you out last night. I never <laughs> replied. This guy tried calling me for two Why? years Why? after this day. Why does his him driving a minivan make it better to me? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> it that does. Is so funny. It does. I'm like, why? Why are you? Dr- no shame on minivans. Just like, what a strange thing for a single man to be driving. <laughs> I see it, though. It's like an old gray. Like, it's like a Ford Aerostar. <laughs> Yes. Amazing. He's got band equipment in no. it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's it's exactly got this at guy. At least one cabinet in there. Oh, like yeah. A, an amp. Yeah. Totally. For sure. For sure. Uh, I would get long voicemails of him apologizing and long text messages every six months. Two it years? was cringy. Two My years. dude. Just wow. God, like, did he not make it back to his man? <laughs> <laughs> Still looking for it. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Dude, where's my car? So good. Okay. Okay. This is also a listener's story. It says, hi, ladies. I have a great story for you. I met this guy online. I don't remember which site, but it was probably plenty of fish. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So we texted for a week or two before meeting up. And over the course of our conversation, he mentioned that he'd been in a bad car accident recently. I don't remember if he said he was missing teeth at this point or if it was (gasps) unveiled to me in person, but that's not even the highlight of the story or the first guy to show up with half his teeth. (laughs) Oh. 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 So I drive an hour to meet this guy. I was No. (laughs) You drove an hour to meet a guy with no teeth? (laughs) I drive an hour to meet this guy. 
I was in that stage of dating where I was letting go of my standards because I wasn't getting anywhere with them. I thought, oh, oh honey, <laughs> that's not the plan. <laughs> No. But I've been there, right? That's also my toxic yes. trait. I have been there. <laughs> get it. It's just like, well, I don't know. Maybe I mean, my standards are too high. St- <laughs> like, having standards isn't getting me laid. So uh, let's just throw those out <laughs> the window for those. a bit. <laughs> 86 those standards real quick. Um, Woo. I thought, what the hell? I can give this a shot. We meet up and I was instantly disappointed with his appearance. Why do so many guys look worse in person? Letting go of because he has no teeth. <laughs> That's how. Letting go of my classic standards, <laughs> I try to relax and just enjoy meeting someone new. The first date was unremarkable, and I was thinking that was it. But he kept texting me, and on a particularly lonely weekend, I decide to go on a second date. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that I wasn't a fan of missing teeth because that's the kind of thing I like to be honest about. And he said he planned on getting them fixed, but didn't have the money right now. Now that's, you know, yeah. Dental I mean, care dental is, care is get very it. expensive. Right. So, True. Yeah, and he wasn't a car accident. I don't know. Maybe it's related. Um, oh, shit. Well, well, I don't know. Explains we a don't lot. Know. So here comes Red Flag City. He asked me oh, no. to pick him up at his mom's nursing home because he doesn't have a car because of the accident. That was a How do you get to the nursing home? <laughs> I don't know. Was he staying there? The Uber? I don't know. That was a red flag to me, but I ignored it as I usually do. <laughs> he gets in my car and smells overwhelmingly like cheap shampoo and BO. It was so gross. I wanted to kick him out right then and there. The circumstances of him being at the nursing home were strange as well. Like maybe he was living there, but I ignored that too. He wanted to. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> he wanted me to pick the place we were going again. This is a red flag since I drove all the way down to see him. I like a guy that can take charge and make a plan. We drive to the bar with the windows open, sit down and are chatting about dogs and stuff. He shows me a picture of his dog on his Facebook page and hands me his phone to check them out. As I'm scrolling, I I see a picture of what I think is my car. I click on it and I can tell it is uh, the dash of the passenger side of my Jeep. My heart is beginning to pick up speed at this point and I can feel my face getting hot. Not only is that the strangest picture to take, it was literally just the black interior of the passenger side interior. The caption on it says, I'm going to steal this bitch's car. <gasps> what? Now, oh, no. my heart is full on pumping out of my chest and I feel like I'm in a scene in a movie. I confront him immediately and say, why do you have a picture of my car on your Facebook page? He said, it's a joke and it's supposed to be funny. I said, that is not, it's not. funny at all. And I don't understand the joke. You are not a comedian. I don't understand why guys joke about violence against women and don't expect us to be fucking terrified. Right. Thank you. Right. When this is a thing that like happens. Right. Like, okay. Um, He kept trying to reassure me that it was no big deal. And the more I said, no, that's not okay. The more his demeanor changed. Red, red, reddest of flags. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. He finally realized I was pissed and turned towards the bar and start sulking. Previously, he was turned sideways where his body was turned towards mine. Super awkward because I wasn't giving him any indication that I wanted PDA. 
He looked like a sad puppy, even with his head hanging down. He got up to use the bathroom, and I got my keys ready. I was trying to decide if I had enough nerve to walk out. I didn't want to stiff the bartender and was scared this guy would run after me if he came out of the bathroom while I was headed out the door. So I wait for him to return and tell him I'm leaving. He's still sulking and says, well, I don't have any money to pay for my beer. (laughs) Of course fucking Wow. Of course he doesn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus. So I pay the tab, luckily only for two beers, and head out. He is following me, and I am trying to move quickly. As I approach my car, I turn around and put my hand up and say, no, you cannot get in my car. You'll have to find a ride. Good for you, honey. He took, yeah, yeah. honestly, that takes a lot of bravery. Tons, tons. It would have been easier to sneak out while he was in the bathroom than to have to deal with that kind of confrontation. Um, right. He took two more steps, and I stopped again and said, no. I shook all the way home but was relieved and went right back to having standards. (laughs) I took a little break from dating after this one. I have never been so nervous in my life and my heart was beating outside of my chest. You could have lit a match Mm. on my skin. I've also never been that confrontational, so I'm proud of that. But I do wish I'd left him at the bar while he was going to the bathroom. So that is my worst date story. Although I have so many more stories that come close. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Guys with a surprise mouth of missing teeth, finding out that I was dating a pimp, a guy with a nosebleed during dinner, etc. Jesus. full of winners. (laughs) Cheers. Oh, my God. (laughs) Send them all. I know. I'm going to respond and be like, please send us the rest of your bad date stories. I mean, but that that is really scary. I don't know why. First of all, like, is it a joke? Because, like, I don't get the punchline. Like, what's the joke doesn't, that's supposed to be happening? It doesn't feel like a there? joke. It doesn't feel like a joke. And then, secondly, you're absolutely right, Christina. It's like making jokes about violence or criminal activity towards women who are on dates with strangers is really not funny at all because we I mean, we do a tainted love segment on this show where it ends right. Right. badly all the time, you know? So, like, yeah, people. People are constantly like, not all men, not all men. But how the fuck would we know? I don't know. That's right. I don't know. How many stories have we told where it's like, yeah, this seemed like a completely normal person, like even spent time with them and it was a completely normal um, time until it wasn't. Right. So it's just like when you get red flags like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking the other way, dude. No. Yeah. And kudos to her. Like I honestly being like upfront with him and saying, no, you're not getting in my car. That's really fucking mm-hmm. brave. Very. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So yeah. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, <laughs> do you guys want to take five and I'll come back with my tainted love? Yes. Let's yes. do it. Sounds good. All right. Oh, sorry. Keegan, you're the, no, in- I listen, since we started doing two ad breaks, now I'm like, I don't know who says I- we're back at the, <laughs> At the second ad break, like I, I don't know. It's filling me with anxiety. I'm like sweating in here. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, but regardless, the listeners know we're back. We're back. Please give us your tainted love. <laughs> here we go. I am going to tell you guys the story of Christine Schultz. Um, you're going to know this story because it's a pretty famous story. Um, I got a lot of my information actually from a lot of different places. One of them was an oxygen.com article by Benjamin H. Smith. I Wikipedia, Murderpedia. Um, I watched the Murder Made Me Famous episode about this. Uh, I also got actually, um, a re- there was a really good article on 
Frank F. Weber, he's an author on his website. I don't know that like what he writes, but he had a really well-written article on his page. So yeah, about Frank. this. So there, thank you, Frank. Um <laughs> So then also, uh, yeah, so the story is about Christine Schultz. Um, she's born as Christine Pennings in 1950 in Menominee, Michigan. She is born in, you know, a beautiful family, grows up, ends up marrying at 18, really young, to a Fred Schultz. His name is Alfred Schultz, but he goes by Fred. Fred Schultz, uh, and they move to Wisconsin, where he becomes a Milwaukee police officer. And it's, you know, everything's great. They have two kids. She stays at home with the children. They have two boys, Sean and Shannon. Um, and they seemingly beautiful life. But, you know, they got married at 18. And what it's very rare that somebody who gets married at 18, I mean, it happens. It happens. But, you know, an 18-year-old marriage as many marriages do, ended in divorce. And they seem to have like a somewhat amicable divorce in the way that they, they seem to get along for the boys' sake. But there was a lot of animosity on Fred's side because Fred is very much like angry. He has some anger toward having to pay her alimony, having to pay for child support. He She pretty much lives in their home where they raise the kids like she didn't move out so he's just been paying for this house that he no longer lives in so there's been there's becomes a little bit of animosity with that the police department let me tell you a little bit about the milwaukee police at the time they have a real um it's very it's described as very 1950s police kind of yeah that's that's not good no (laughs) i mean no (laughs) it's given you no it is not good it's given you if Mad Men were a police station vibes. No, no. Look, listen. We already have enough issues without adding in that like incredibly toxic work environment on top of it. Like, uh, 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 uh. What year is this supposed to take place? Well, oh, th- so that's what I was gonna say. This is like in the late seventies, early eighties. Okay, so this is like I can't imagine that that was a good time either in the workplace. But yeah, yeah. not a Ugh. great time. Not a great time to be somebody who is not a white man, for sure. But definitely this police department was like littered with like problems of like, they had a lot of like party. It it was, um, we'll get into it a little bit more. Well, yeah, there's so many stories from that time period. And I mean, uh, unfortunately, still today, where that's um, that insular police department structure um, created a lot of of problems. And I mean, the way that the police department was actually founded is problematic. So then you add all that stuff on top of it and you really have... Uh, yeah. I mean, a, none of that has really changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That whole like thin blue line protect your brothers situation has not changed much yeah. at all. So this is definitely a thick blue line. Um <laughs> Nothing thin about this one. Got it. Uh, so this is a uh, like I said, this is they're they're notoriously behind the times, even for nineteen seventies like period. Like the 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 chief is like he is kind of a ball buster. They start to though the the government is like you guys really need to hire outside of white men 
Like it's time to explore, I don't know, white women. Um, you guys need to like bring on, I don't know, people of color. And the chief is like, but do we? And they're like, yes, no, you absolutely have to. And here's some money to help fund that. So they were part of like this program in which they were pretty much demanded to bring on diversity. Embarrassing. Em- embarrassing yeah. that they were forced yeah. to do that. Yeah. Like that's it's so like really you let it go so long that someone at the top. Do you know what it takes for someone at the top to be like, actually, this is bad enough that you need to you need to do it. Like no, we're, we're going to like this. force yeah. you to do this. Like th- it has to be egregious. Yes. For someone to do that, because th- they let a lot of shit go. Like they let a lot of well, shit slide. They're like, well, you need to hire white women, but it's OK if you sexually assault them or whatever, you know. So they let a lot of things go. And then it, so you just know it had to be like pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very bad. Yeah. No, I was just going to say in thinking through the demographics of Milwaukee and it being the 70s, how how terrifying that must have been for a lot of people to have to interact with that kind of police force yes say that well and you're like super close to chicago right so you you, your demographic isn't like you said it's not a bunch of white men that are being arrested so imagine uh, it's so it is it's a it's a pretty scary time and the police force is just running around like they can do whatever they want. They can do, say, be whoever they want to be. But they have gotten the gaunt, like the gauntlet has come down and it's now they're being enforced to run a pilot program in which they start to enlist diversity into their their station. And so enter Laurencia Lori Bimbenig. Uh, she is a beauty. She grows up in Milwaukee. She's a beautiful daughter of four children she's the youngest she her and her mother don't necessarily get along really well but her and her father have like a incredible relationship and her dad used to be a police officer so kind of like one of those things that maybe stuck into the back of her brain and and like you know melded there some so she was like really interested in the service at the there being a police officer but i mean she's also young um she actually was Miss Schlitz of 1978. If you're familiar with Schlitz beer, Keegan, you might be. I saw you drink that Miller Light. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I I am I am not familiar with uh, Schlitz beer, but thank you so much. <laughs> Schlitz beer just reminds me of something that might be on The Simpsons. You know what I mean? Schlitz, like, it does. It sounds fake. Schlitz beer <laughs> reminds me of that, that commercial on Saturday Night Live with Chris Farley yes. and Adam Sandler. He, like flips up the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Sorry. Sorry, Keegan. I do love you. That's okay. You know I love you because I'm making fun of you. Uh, <laughs> it's a real toxic trait. There you go. A real Aries um, energy. Yeah. At any rate, the uh Miss Schlitz 1978, she is just she is a fucking when I tell you how beautiful she is. She is legitimately maybe one of the most beautiful people that we've ever talked about on the show. Like she is giving you beautiful 80s vibes. She's giving you like Princess Diana is she 
wishes she looked this pretty. Like that wow. she is High beautiful. Praise. Like she's just okay. really beautiful. And at 21 years old, she finds in the newspaper an article that's asking specifically and requesting specifically looking for women and or people of color, which I'm certain the newspaper article did not say it that way. At 21 years old, she sees this article and she's like, I'm going to join the Milwaukee police force. They're specifically asking for women to apply. So she does apply. And she even like joins a gym. She starts working out. She's like, I am going to do so well. I just, she really, really wants this. So she is literally like, when they're doing their training and stuff and, you know, they kind of compete against each other. I, I know nothing about this world, but it kind of made it seem like, you know, the, the, the men are competing with each other to be the strongest, the fastest, whatever. And she's just blowing these guys out of the fucking water. She has been training for this. She's at her peak. This bitch is 21 years old. She is on top of it. Right. And so she is just putting some of the, even these men to just shame. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they loved that. I'm oh, sure yeah. that they were real chill and easygoing about that. They were like, go f- girl, you get it. Girl power. That's not how it was at all. They were not like that. <laughs> um, surprise, surprise. Uh, she actually meets another woman in the um, d- during her training, uh, Judy Zuss, and they become like kind of thick as thieves, like instant friends. They're going through this like really difficult time period in which, you know, women entering a police force that have never really had women except for probably at their front desks. So this is, you know, a big deal. Like they're going through this together and she and Judy, um, you know, become fast friends and they, um, you know, find their way. They make it through the academy with flying colors, especially her. She's just really a go-getter, makes it through the academy with flying colors and are able to, you know, get like their career started and they are working under other police officers. Now it's not necessarily the, probably the most ideal time, right? We've already said it. There's a lot of things, especially in circa 1978, 1980 version of life women went through that, especially in that type of scenario, but it was a really party culture. Um, she, you know, they'd gone to like many parties of like fellow officers, fellow recruits, things like that. It was at one of these fellow officer parties that she actually has an encounter with one of the wife's wives of a fellow officer. And this, and this woman basically comes up to her and confronts her and she's like, kind of like a, how dare you wear this? I saw my husband looking at you. Like, how dare you wear that to my house? How dare you look so pretty? That sounds, that sounds like your husband's problem, honey. Mm-hmm. Sounds like, like a, that sounds like a, that sounds like a, your relationship issue. What, what the fuck does that have to do with me? Exactly. Has nothing to do with her. But then there is a surprisingly, there's suddenly this, um, you know, out of nowhere call to the police station that is just anonymous call that she she was at a party and she was wearing her badge on her chest and smoking weed and and you know just making a mockery of the police department and how embarrassing i can't believe this woman's hired so she got a stern talking to um and you know they were like you can't be doing that that's how you can't reflect you know that's not how you should be reflecting mm-hmm, the department okay. you know culture blah 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 it's okay for the men folk, but yeah. women mm-hmm. or people of color. No, you can't do that. We have higher yeah. standards for them or different standards, right? The bar yeah. is on the ceiling. Yep. The glass ceiling. 
so anyway, she uh, she's like, I definitely did not do that. I can, you know, Judy Zuss was with me. She can she can say that I didn't do that. I, you know, that didn't happen. That's not at all how this was. But yeah, but you know how women are. Women are just going to stick together. They're going to lie for each well, other. Absolutely. So you can't trust Judy. Well, and let's be honest, women dress like sluts. So they're probably asking for it. Mm, Keegan's face. You looked at me like I was saying it personally to her. (laughs) Anyway, they end up going to a concert. Her and Judy end up going to a concert at this concert, Pink Floyd concert, by the way. Judy gets up, ends up getting in trouble because uh, she's apparently caught smoking some pot. So she gets arrested at a Pink Floyd concert for smoking pot in the 70s. So, I mean, literally, (laughs) I mean, not the only one there. I'm I'm sure sure she is not. (laughs) Anyway, so she gets arrested, but because uh Lori is with her she's like gets arrested too and Judy basically is like yep she was smoking pot too it wasn't just me like what are you talking about but they both get reprimanded and Lori refuses to leave the department they're basically giving her like a ultimatum and they're like you really need to leave the department she's like I don't want to leave the department so Ooh, it's that's a- so hard though yeah like to be like she's like worked really hard to get what is at the time a decent, good government job. Yeah. A career. Right. She's trying to build a career for herself and and taking it very seriously. She wants to have this career. She wants to be in the police departments, what she's lived for. Um, She had had a couple failed relationships, but it's also around this time that she meets Fred Schultz. Fred Schultz is a fellow police officer who has recently been divorced from Christine Schultz, who I told you about earlier. He is, again, he's paying alimony. He's got two kids. He's, he's paying a lot, a lot of money out. And when he, but when he meets Lori, they fall hard and fast like he is immediately like i'm in love with you they fall so fast that when they go to get married their first marriage isn't even valid because the divorce was so soon to being over like at the time i think you had to be divorced for like six months or something before you could get remarried and they so they had to get married again just to make it a legal marriage i mean they fell for each other got married very quickly um what is the hurry (laughs) I know. know, I always feel that way. I'm like, what is the hurry? Like, why can't you just relax? Like, you can be in a relationship and do all this shit. Like, why were you like, no, we have to get married and immediately, if not sooner? Like, why? And he's a fellow police officer, too. So it's a lot going on there. Yeah. I also think if he's paying a bunch of alimony and child support and then he gets married and he's bringing in even more money, like, I feel like that would put him on the hook to pay even more wouldn't it no her money doesn't count toward his income but if they're married doesn't matter oh okay i didn't know yeah i thought i thought it i thought it did because then you have like a marital income no it's only his income that is affected oh okay now it does help him out (laughs) it does help him out to have an additional income so that they can afford to like i don't know live um so that's that does help in that situation um but it's also around this time that, you know, things are getting harder and harder for her at work. You know, they've accused her of something. And, you know, 
one day she calls in to kind of check her schedule, find out what her, you know, what her hours are at work. And they're like, oh, yeah, sorry, you were actually fired. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and send a sergeant over to pick up all your shit because you don't work here anymore. And she's like, excuse me. Uh, I don't feel like that's how that should work. <laughs> on the you, phone. Has that ever happened to you when you had a job? You just like call in to check the schedule and you're like, I'm not on the schedule. No, you don't work here anymore. No, no. <laughs> Thank God I haven't. At any rate, she's like, shit, like this is fucking bullshit. And she's married now to a cop. So it's like all very like the timing is just real shit. And but she's like, fine, whatever. She's just going through a depression because this is literally what she's been planning to do. This is her career career. So she, um, by the way, I didn't tell you, I kind of buried the lead that they also call her Bambi Ben Benick because her name sounds a little like Bambi. She's beautiful. She's got these big doe eyes. She hates the nickname, which is probably why I hesitated to bring it up even to this point because she hates the nickname. Bambi is not how she wants to be seen. She wants to be seen and taken seriously. So it's kind of a, she, she really hates that moniker. So mm -hmm. I've kind of rejected calling her that until this point, but I do feel like if you know this story, Bambi's going to be coming an important part of the story and coming well, up. It's a it's a way to dismiss her and to it infantilize is. her, you know, by giving her a nickname like that, you know. Yeah, for sure. So she does lose her job. She decides, well, I guess that I'm going to waitress. And she ends up getting a job at the Playboy in Geneva Lake, at Geneva Lake, um, which is got a Playboy club. So she decides that she's going to go there. She literally works there for a month. And the only reason I even bring it up is because it became such the crux of like this story like they call her this playboy you know bunny like it's like her becomes part of her identity that she worked there for one fucking month that she took one picture of her being a schlitz girl and she's like suddenly now being almost demonstratized by by these decisions that she was kind of forced into making because like she needed a job and i'm sorry if you're gonna waitress like hi you yeah. look like you look like Lori benbenek you're gonna work at the I'm going to work at the... I would work at the... Yeah, you're going to make more money. Yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. She's gorgeous. So, things aren't going great for her. She's not happy. She she really does. Again, her passion is to be in, in the police career she wants to do. She wants to serve her community. So, she ends up finding a job in security for the local... A local... Um, uh, college and she gets a job with them. January 8, 1981 is when they're married and this is just months after they they met. Money is tight. Lori starts to get harassing phone calls. So she's actually getting harassing phone calls from the police department and the reason she's getting harassing police calls is because she has gotten pictures. She goes to a bar one night and one of her friends is like, let me show you these photos from this party I was just at. And so she's looking at these photos and she's like, oh, my God, these people are all like naked. And this is like a park in Wisconsin. Like he's like, oh, yeah, this is like the main park in Wisconsin or Milwaukee. Yeah, this is. And she's like, these are fucking police officers. So Wait. she. OK, so let's let's make this like so, so police officers in Milwaukee in the early 80s were having naked parties in the park. Yeah. You didn't miss anything. That is exactly <laughs> what I'm exactly, fucking saying. I just wanted to double check. Listen, <laughs> when I tell you that on the show that I watched, on the Murder Made Me Famous, they show the actual pictures, obviously blurred out. 
It's exactly what you expect it and want it to be. How embarrassing. Honestly. The most embarrassing. I always wonder, like, why are they allowing photos to be taken? Thank you. Your police Like, officers. I realize that this is pre-internet, so, like, you don't have to worry about that aspect of it. But I'm like, but also, in some ways, that makes it worse. I'm like, you are pulling out your fucking, like, disposable Polaroid. Mm-hmm. You are taking pictures. You are taking that shit to get developed somewhere. That's right. Like, what What are you doing? What, what it says is that they've done so much other shit that they've gotten away with that's that right. they're not even worried. That's get, what that says. They can do whatever. They can be naked in a park. Want. Who the fuck cares? Who's going to arrest them? Who's going to who's going to going to call ex- the cops? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So she with these photos in hand goes to the equal employment office and commission and she's like, "Hi, you guys. I actually was fired because apparently I smoked pot even though they never did any drug testing. They didn't prove it and I wasn't. And this is the kind of partying they accused me of doing. But what I want you to know is that they hire women and people of color for only the trial period and as soon as the trial period is over, find a way to get rid of them." So she's like, "This is not fair. I was fired from this job unfairly." And it's bullshit. So the like I said, she's getting harassing phone calls. The police department is like, fuck you. You know, like, we're going to get you. And they're like leaving dead rats on her car, like all kinds of insane shit. And meanwhile, she's married to a cop, to a cop, to a cop who also apparently is not necessarily everybody's favorite guy either. Like, he kind of seems to be a bit of a douchebag and no kidding yeah yeah i'm just like yeah dude you're working where you're working just that (laughs) yeah Uh, with these people when they've they're treating your wife how yeah i don't think you're probably not the like (laughs) yes so it's not long after everything is happening like i said you know fred isn't necessarily happy with the situation where he's paying a lot of alimony and child support and all this stuff there's financial troubles the marriage you know quick to passion quick to the pisser um is i think the name of this game and you know they're having some financial troubles but it's right around this time that their financial woes are about to end because christine schultz is found dead in her home she has been shot now this happens and her sons are there her son's don't witness her being shot, but are in the other room. There is a person that comes in with a masked hand who like puts their hand over the one son Sean's mouth. Like this is an intrusion into the home. She's shot. The boys hear the shot. They said they sound like fireworks. They go to the phone. They call Christine's boyfriend, who is also a cop. And she's, she's got a type. Mm. Um, and, they're like somebody just shot our mom so he calls you know obviously the ambulance everybody they they get the ambulance there her boyfriend shows up very quickly after fred her ex-husband also shows up he was on duty that night um on duty in a bar drinking with his fellow officer that his partner (laughs) and the bartender doing doing their job as drinking at the bar while on duty I'll say it again um but they are you know of course the first suspects are immediately going to be 
the boyfriend and the husband, supposedly. Those are the first people they look at and they quickly dismiss. Do I know? Do I know what the boyfriend was doing? Do I know where he was? No. Do I mean, the 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 ex-husband does have a somewhat soft alibi. I mean, he was drinking at the bar with his friends, but also was working. So, I mean, he has a, an alibi, but that alibi is also a little bit questionable for some people because yeah. they're not really sure. Because they'd also like would lie back to, would they would lie for they him. They would also Absolutely. 100% lie for each other. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's really the crux of the story is like these people would lie and they would do something like this to set up somebody who was trying to make waves in their department for sure. So Sean, Christine and Fred's son does say that they eventually do arrest Lori. They're like, Lori did it. They went to the house. Fred has a gun at their house. That's not his duty gun. He has another gun at the house, which that's like the first place they go. So the the guys are like, oh, we didn't do it. And they're like, well, where's your off duty gun? They go to his house. They go in his closet. They look at the gun. His partner's like, yep, hasn't been shot, hasn't been cleaned recently. So it's definitely not been this gun. But then it turns out that when they do forensics, apparently now it is his gun that shot it, but it was with it was with Lori and Lori was home sleeping and she has no alibi. So it has to be Lori. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about the most flimsy bullshit ever. Right. Too, right. So Sean, though, the son was like, it, it wasn't my stepmom who did this. That's it wasn't her. It was definitely a man. The man was wearing police shoes. And I know what they look like because my fucking dad and my step or well, not stepdad, but my mom's boyfriend both are in the like police so i i know what police shoes look like it was definitely that it was definitely a guy he was wearing a red ponytail wig and they're like but you're just a kid so it was definitely a woman who did it and you don't know better but he does testify to that even in the trial. So Lori does get tried for this murder because they're like, yep, yeah, must be her. There was a, a blonde hair on on her leg and there was a red wig hair and that's got to be her. It's the most flimsy bullshit case. They do end up finding the, the wig. The wig is found in the toilet uh, plumbing of that she shares with her neighbors. But that who shares with their neighbors that Lori. Okay, so Lori lives next door to um, another apartment. Uh, I feel like I'm trying to rush through the story. There's a lot to talk about. Sorry. Yeah, it's a it's a big story. It's a big story. There is a wig found. The wig is found in the plumbing that's shared between the two departments, her apartment and their neighbor's apartment. The funny story is, is that the neighbors are like, your friend Judy stopped by the other day. And uh, she just stopped by to use the restroom. It's really weird. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, it's the most. It, it's doesn't like so many things in the story just don't add up. The long story short is that she is found guilty of murdering Christine Schultz in the most bizarre trial you've ever heard of. The the people who convict her basically are like. The forensic evidence all leads to her. We can't dismiss that this isn't the gun, that she's the only one that has, has access to this gun. I mean, the the case against her is, is not great in real life. But you're going off of everything that system at that point in time was designed to not find the truth. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It was designed to find a truth that everybody could feel good about. And it seems like that's the case for, um, you know, well, and the, they, all these people know each other. Yeah. Like it's a system that's designed to protect its own. So it's just like, this is why people have, I've been quiet a lot throughout this because it's just like, there's so much stuff I could say yeah. that I'm just going to keep to myself. Um, but this is why people do not trust our current justice system, right. yep. the way it is set up because you protect your own. That's right. And we've seen it time and time and time again. And we can go on saying like, oh, it's just a few people or it's a few bad departments. But if the system is designed to allow this sort of thing to continue without any significant change yep. over a what century. Unchecked. <laughs> uh, unchecked. Um, of course, people are losing faith in the way that our justice system operates and don't trust this. If she did, did do it, then it's like, okay, but like, how, why would I ever trust the way that this process it's a, was It is was an injustice done? Like, system. It's an injustice yeah, system. From, yep. from the investigation all the way up through the courts, these people have relationships with each other and it's designed, it's very insular and designed to protect each other. So how can we trust that you've come to the truth? Right. Well- like I actually have a quote that was from the Frank Weber author's site that I found from his story. And it was a quote from the medical examiner. And so this is funny. It's just it just shows you the level of bonkers that we're dealing with here. The medical examiner quote says, I received I recovered no blonde or red hairs of any length or texture. All the hairs I recovered from the body were brown and were grossly identical to the hair of the victim. I do not like to suggest that evidence was altered in any way, but I can find no logical explanation for the what amounted to the appearance of blonde hair in an envelope that contained no such hair at the time it was sealed by me. Yeah. So even the medical examiners are like, but wait, so all this evidence, and I'm certain they probably didn't call this guy up on stage, who's the person they should have called, but they're probably like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, you know, we, we found a blonde hair and a red wig hair and this and that. And it just, and they're like, no, that didn't happen. Anyway, she is found guilty because what they do present felt like enough for the jury to, to put her in prison. She ends up going to Taikita prison. Um, which is part of is when part of the state prisons. Um, this is where she meets uh, a, a fellow inmate's brother. His name's Dominic. He goes by Nick. It's Dominic Gugliato. This is where she meets him. Is in prison, and they quickly fall in love. And she starts a relationship with this like inmate's brother, and they write letters to each other. Eventually, he becomes like gets on her list of people who can come see her. And it's, it's actually, this guy seems incredibly nice and a very sweet guy. And they show him interviewed on the, the show. And he's just, he's just a sweet guy. Like you're just, you can't help but like see how exactly she fell for this guy. Right. Cause he just seems very kindred and sweet. And he is at one point is just like, how can we get you out of here? Like, you know, thinking like, oh, we need to get you out of here. We need to work with the system to get you on parole. She's like, do you mean it? And he's like, what? But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean it. But like, what do you mean? She's like, I got an idea. July 15th, 1990. You're going to pull your car up outside on the street and I'll meet you there. And he's like. Pardon? Sure. <laughs> That's not what I meant, ma'am. No, I mean, it sounds like you got a plan. That sounds good. Let's do it. So he 
does. She actually knows about a window that is a really small window that's in the laundry room of the the jail. And so she goes in to do laundry late at night one night and she's able to slip through this tiny window because she's a tiny human and makes it and what is happening in Milwaukee? I'm ha- I, th- this how why is there a window in the laundry room mm. that anyone could squeeze through? That seems like somebody didn't think that through. That seems like a very easy way to escape prison. Yeah. Feels- like I've seen Shawshank Redemption. It looked a whole lot more tricky than that. It was. It, it took did. years. Yeah. I w- like- That's a movie I'll always watch oh. whenever it's on. Every time. Oh. Every time. Anyway. So she does sneak out and she meets him. He picks her up on the side of the road exactly like they planned. And they fucking hightail it to Canada. And it's on July 16th, the very next morning, that they decide to pull over, put some streamers and shit on the back of the car, a little Just Married sticker. And here they go off to Canada. And they make their way across the border. And they're like, ah, just married, here for our honeymoon. And the officers are like, enjoy yourselves. Have a great time for your two weeks in Canada. And they stay in Canada for three months. And, you know, they're starting to run out of money. She ends up getting a job as a waitress in a local cafe, which seems weird to me now that I think about it, because I'm like, of the people to get a job, it feels like maybe he should get a job. Right. The felon. The felon is the one who got the job. That seems. I mean, like, also, you're Americans. You're not there legally. Right. Did this diner ask no questions whatsoever? You've got, like, no paperwork. you got no identification. She's getting paid under the table, probably. What's happening? Yeah. (laughs) Service industry is real loosey-goosey, especially if you're going to go into, like, a family-owned place. They're V-comfortable with paying under the table. It's a diner. It's fine. Anyway, so they're in the Bay. She's working as a waitress and it's America's most wanted finally, you know, putting her face up. And even though she's colored her hair from blonde to brunette, it was not enough for one of the customers to be not be like, that sure looks like that Bambi girl. The other thing I need to tell you about, quote unquote, Bambi is that this when she escapes prison, this is a firestorm. The people of Milwaukee lose their shit. They are so not up in arms. They're not upset. They're not mad. They are so happy that this woman has escaped because everyone in Milwaukee feels like she was done wrong. They think that she has gotten poorly served. They think that she was railroaded by the police. And they're like... So they make literal bumper stickers that say, run, Bambi, run. So there's bumper stickers on the back of cars all over Milwaukee. This becomes a national news story because of this. Because oh, you love to see you it. You love to see it. The pol- people of that town were not fucking having it. They're like, these police have run amok well too fucking long. And it is high time that she gets hers. And so basically, she probably could have been just living in Milwaukee because the people of Milwaukee would have never turned her ass in. <laughs> But it is somebody who was like, I watched him America's Most Wanted the other night, and I do see this woman. So she does get turned on. And so it's the RCMP that pull up to her apartment, knock on her door, and take her in. But she is like, I am, do not extradite me back to Milwaukee. I will never get a fair trial. So she petitions the Canadian government and is like, excuse me, I was railroaded i will never get a fair trial and 
the Canadian authorities literally look strongly into her position and are like, mm, I don't know if we do feel comfortable letting you go back to the United States awesome. because it does feel like you got fucking railroaded and there's no way you'll have a fair trial if you go back there. So they they work with the Milwaukee government and Milwaukee's like, we just want to get the shit off our hands. And so they're like, if you send her back, we're just going to be, if she pleads to like a no contest, like, you know, murder, second degree murder kind of scenario. Um, but she can never go back and we're not going to apologize, but she's going to just time served. She's not going to serve any time for skipping out on jail. Her last day in jail was the day that she slipped out that window, basically. And she's like, I'll take it. I'll fucking take it because she's her, her parents are getting older. They've spent so much money basically getting her out of jail, like doing all this stuff. They're getting older. They're getting ill. They need her and she wants to be with them and she's like you know what fine i'll say i did it i'll never contest it if you just will let this go bygones be bygones right (laughs) but that sucks because now literally we have christine schultz a mother of two children who has been murdered and we're never gonna know we're never gonna know no yeah that murderer has gone free yeah for sure so it's in the early 2000s, though, that, you know, one of our favorite people, um, the the one and only Dr. Phil. Oh, great. Gets involved. Love it when he enters the scene. <laughs> Fantastic. Dr. Phil gets involved and he DNA has become that in which so they've had all this DNA evidence for so long, just sitting basically with nothing to do with it because they don't have the technology. Well, now they have the technology to test and see like what's going on with um you know what's going on you know where are we at who really did it so it's a very expensive test though that's where dr phil comes in he's like i will pay the twenty thousand dollars to get this test but i want an exclusive story with you bambi on my show and you're gonna come on here and we're gonna read the results out and she's like sounds good but they fly her to los angeles to do all this stuff and they're gonna film it and tape it and do all these things but they don't want her to, you know, be attacked by news people. They don't want this to kind of blow up before they get the the results and all this. So they sequester her in a hotel room and they kind of lock her up. They have people like like guarding her door and all this stuff. Well, this woman has been in jail. She was sequestered in jail. She was put in solitary confinement. She has incredible levels of PTSD and she has an out of this world panic attack ends up jumping out of the fucking second floor window of this place to escape this situation because of the scenario that they put her in she ends up jumping out of this window breaking her leg breaking her foot sorry breaking her foot so fucking bad that they end up having to amputate it amputate her fucking foot damn isn't that fucking wild and they, I mean, like for everything that she's gone through, like this woman is now like lost a foot for this. Like it's just been at any rate, at the end of the day, they, uh, they do, I think, test the results and they are able to find out that, I mean, there's, there's no way she has a connection to this is basically what they end up finding out. She does not do the interview. She does not do the Dr. Phil thing. In fact, she does try to sue Dr. Phil. I do believe she does get some kind of cash settlement, but the courts do let go like the um, criminal aspect of the the court thing. It's just, it's all in all one of the saddest stories you'll ever hear because it doesn't end, 
you know, well for her. She does end up developing quite uh, a drug and alcohol addiction in which she, you know, which eventually, I mean, imagine all the things that she's gone through, the PTSD. I'm sure she never got any support, you know, for that. And she's had to live with this burden of, you know, being Bambi, the, the you know, playboy killer, you know. Well, it's like your nightmare of yeah. like being accused of and convicted of a crime that you didn't commit. Yeah. And you have all of this evidence that should be clear to anybody with half a brain yeah. that you weren't involved in it in any way, shape or form, that it's a fucking dust up, a shakedown. And yeah, it's just... You're absolutely right. This is my nightmare. That's probably why. The point, like the point is that it's just like, it doesn't matter how clear the evidence is. People who are in positions of power are the ones who get to make these decisions. And until we make like sweeping changes to the way things are done, that's kind of always the way it will be. It's just like, it's, it's, it's difficult. um, But it's a tale as old as time, as far as we've seen, where it's just like, if, if the system wants you do- you gone, you're gone. I'll, that's just the way it I'll is. tell you why this is a tainted love, though. And you're talking about Fred Schultz. Because that's her fucking... That was her fucking husband, husband. at the uh-huh. time. And I, yeah, let her take I'm it. very familiar with this case. And the, I think that's that guy's shitty and involved. Yep. Yeah, yep. Well, sure. I mean, and, and honestly, the signs were there already. Like, look at the way his coworkers were treating his wife while he was married to her. And like the fact that he allowed that to continue Mm -hmm. uh, in the first place and didn't stand up for his wife is a pretty good indicator that like of, of the kind of person that he is and his real feelings for, for her. Like, so, you know, it all makes the the whole thing very suspicious anyway. Like it makes me wonder like if that relationship was always grounded and always meant to be leading up to that scenario. Right. Why would you not think it? Yeah, exactly. He married her fast and maybe it was a quick solution that him and his buddies came up with to get her out of the way for getting the police department in trouble Mm -hmm. and also his wife out of the way so that he didn't have to pay alimony anymore. So, well, there's there's a lot of speculation about this story. There's a lot involved with the story. There's not enough time in our podcast to cover this. Um, And the proof is that there is actually a podcast coming out that's mm-hmm. called Run Bambi Run. Um, don't love the name, but it does let people know exactly what the story is about if you're familiar with it. Um, I don't love the name of it just because I think that I feel so strongly about her hating that right. that moniker so much. But anyway, there are like three episodes out. They don't even get into the like the heft of the story yet. But um, I do believe that they're really going to try to do the deepest of deep dives. It's all, like I said, only like two episodes in. So I'm going to listen to it for sure, because I've seen a lot of stuff about this story. And I've always had my suspicions that it's been um, Fred, the husband. That's that's always been my main suspicion. But I I am interested in getting a more in-depth look at it. So I'll listen to the podcast for sure. I'm also interested why it doesn't feel like many people have looked very deeply into her boyfriend. Right. Who is also a cop. So it just feels like there's a lot of layers to the story. I would love to hear. Um, I'm I'm enjoyed the first two episodes so far. It is the reason I actually thought about doing the story, but I am excited to hear like the deep dive of it. So I will definitely be digging into that. So, whoo, sorry, the very longest of stories. Yes, I apologize. But worth it. Worth it for sure. What are you guys uh, watching this week? 
So I did finally start Bridgerton. I watched the first episode of season two. And, you know, it's exactly what I expected it to be. I'm not like, I don't know. People had a lot of takes on it. And again, I've only watched the first episode. But so far, I'm like, yeah, this feels like the first season. It's it's fine. You know, Um, it's going to be entertaining and enjoyable. And it's going to be my nighttime watch for sure. I also just finished the last season of Call the Midwife. It's finally on Netflix. Wow. So did I watch all of it? I did. The only thing that I'm like kind of bummed about is I think they were filming during COVID. Mm. And so the season doesn't get like a resolution to it. Oh. I think they had to like stop filming oh. kind of abruptly. So I'm hoping that they add more episodes soon. But if you love Call the Midwife, I mean, it's just a warm hug. Mm. Like, Watching Call the Midwife feels like you're having a cup of tea. Like, it's just nice, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm having the opposite of that. Um, I had never actually heard of this show before until we found it on Hulu. Um, It's a program from the History Channel. (laughs) History in loose quotations at this point. Aliens Channel, (laughs) I think is what you mean. It's called Alone. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> um okay. This fucking show takes a bunch of people, puts them on Vancouver Island where it's nothing mm-hmm. but cold, rain and predators. They drop uh-huh. these motherfuckers off by themselves with a sat phone and they're like, "See how long you can stay here." Bye. Bye. <laughs> they fucking leave these people out here and they're like, by the way, last person out here gets $500,000. Doesn't feel like enough. You watch people legit starve themselves to like almost death. One person from the season we just watched had to get pulled because they were like, you are dying. And he's like, no, no, no. I'll I'll eat more food. I I I I'll eat more food. I promise or whatever. He had lost seventy three pounds, like almost half of his body weight. This and I was feels like unethical. What's happening with our reality TV you. situation? We have got to stop it. We're, We've got to stop. I'm it. like, is that where we're at in capitalism, where we basically have to compete in these like death yes. games? And then yes, I'm it's Hunger Games out here. I'm Hunger, Hunger Games, Games level dystopia. Come on. And what does it say about me that I'm sitting there with a Big Mac criticizing these motherfuckers <laughs> like I can even do it? I'm like, what is this fucking guy doing? Not setting up his gill net on day fucking one. This guy's like an idiot. Both Eric and I are like in it like we're fucking survival experts. It's wild. It is wild. I cannot. I've also heard that there's another show called Naked and Afraid, which I am uh-huh. going to check Naked out and Afraid. as well. See, that one I feel like has a collaboration yes. element that I think I would enjoy because I think that they're together. Like it's a bunch of people together. I think it's just two. <laughs> but oh. but also like why would you go on that show? I can't think of anything I would want to do less be than naked. Be naked in the wilderness where like uh, you're listen Christina you're worried about like worms coming up through your feet like I am so concerned about anything going into any open hole because I'm naked yeah (laughs) no it's Mm -mm. it's it's wild and then they 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 give them camera equipment so they are truly alone and you're watching people like on day somebody made it to day 80 something by themselves trying to survive and starving to death in the wilderness. And they just start 
saying all this banana stuff. It's it's intense. So that's hard. That's where I'm at. Oh, right now. I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> oh, thank you. What's wrong with me? Ooh. <laughs> well, you guys mostly heard what I was watching. Just um, have dad mishmash of like weird dating shows there's so many though and they're so bonkers gosh reality woof like you said it it really does say a lot about what people do (laughs) honestly a half a million is gonna change your life can you stay out in the wilderness for 80 days on that do you know how salty i would be if i survived something like that and then you have the audacity the government has the audacity (laughs) to tax my prize money Mm. i uh, the i would get aggressive yeah yeah Uh uh-uh yeah Yeah. i'd be so mad playing for two hundred thousand, basically yeah Mm -mm. that's not enough to do anything here in la i sent you that tiktok yesterday cassie where i I follow and i'll have to look it up because it's wild every single day someone gets on and they read out the most expensive and the least expensive listing that sold that day in los angeles and the cheapest one that i've seen was four hundred and ninety seven thousand dollars down and it was a tear down it had fire damage water damage no windows no structure and we're talking like almost half a million that's the cheapest one i've seen on that so <sighs> loving it wow <laughs> on that i am so glad we now end this on such a happy note exactly. <laughs> really good about myself and my life how are we all doing? Anyway, 420. <laughs> exactly. If you've got something we should watch or a book we should read, if you got a story you want to share with us about a terrible date, go to our one-stop shop of website. It's myworstdatepodcast.com. And we love you so much. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.